2: Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift Caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding.
0: Sarah, how are you? I missed you last week.
1: I know. I'm so sorry. I definitely dropped the ball. Uh, It wasn't going to happen, though. I feel
0: like you had a good excuse, though.
1: Yeah, so... Daycare germs. Um, I thought I had escaped it. Mm-hmm. Uh, warning: This is a slightly gross story, but we tell the these on this podcast. I went out for a bike ride. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't feel so hot, mm-hmm. and then just start projectile vomiting for an no. hour. straight. Yeah. On yeah. your bike? Like, on did you make it bike, home this time? Or like I made it home very slowly, but it was so bad that one side of me was completely covered. Mm-hmm. Um and this is such a terrible st- I can't believe I'm kicking off this podcast with um so bad that I stripped down in the garage uh and just like got completely naked like put on a towel So I could throw all of like my disgusting clothes directly into the washer, um, went straight to bed. Uh, well, yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad. So we, we all got really, really sick in our house, um, because Mm -hmm. kids are disgusting and they bring home disgusting germs. Um, and took like a week for us to eat solid food again Poor Ben was supposed to do New York city marathon this weekend and had to pull out Dude. because he got a cough along with this. And one thing I learned from Kona is you cannot do a race when you are hacking out your lungs. So I'm glad he, he is smarter than I am. Um, not even trying to race. So yeah, that's how we're doing. You know, we're back to solid food and I can ride a bike without, you know, covering myself in my own. Bodily fluids.
0: Amazing. Okay, and did you re- importantly? Did you recover in time for Halloween? I did. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, not that I, because I was in class all day. Didn't get home till nine. But on Sunday, Hawk and I did go to a Halloween party, and I dressed him up as a little tiger, and he was adorable.
0: Oh my god, I love that. Okay, th- <laughs> so this is I thought of you this Halloween because, okay, everywhere on the everywhere in the street. That's a fast exaggeration, but like, I feel like the number of blow up dinosaur costumes, like out in the world has like, I don't know, like gone to like a hundred times. Like, I feel like when, you know, I don't know how long ago that was when you got that dinosaur costume in the mail and then you had it on your Instagram story. And I'm like, maybe I had seen like two or three in my life before that. Now I feel like there's dinosaur, like there were so many people dressed up as dinosaurs. I saw a group of dinosaurs just walking down the street. Seriously, yeah. Like, is it do you think you started this trend or have you noticed this? Like, it may just
1: be a Victoria thing because I haven't seen any dinosaurs around here. At least I'm the only one on my block. Um, you know, so that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know.
0: If does anyone know? Has anyone else noticed this propensity of blow-up dinosaur (laughs) costumes? I would love to know. Send us a voicemail. Um, okay, Sarah, we do have a guest today with us. Um, hi Danny, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So for those who don't know Danny, Danny Trizy, did Mm -hmm. I pronounce it right? You did?
2: Yes. She is
0: a pro triathlete and a coach. And we're here to continue the conversation that we've been having here at Feisty for the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 days. I feel like we've talked so much about proper fueling for female athletes and some of the, even like the social and mental struggles that come with that. And also how to eat properly. We've been talking about it for For several days, it feels like a lot uh, on my end because we're creating all the content, but um, we are continuing with that conversation. And Danny is here to talk to us about that. So um, let's take a little break and we'll come back and talk to Danny. The fastest path to living healthier longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source your body it was created by experts in aging genetics and biometric data from harvard tufts and mit that's quite a list inside tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations plus an action plan on how to live healthier longer when I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your Inside Tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So, if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash feisty. Okay, so what i want to know though from both of you cuz you both have pets um did you dress up your pets for halloween
1: i i did not i've given up trying in part because buddy would be cute in a
0: costume though
1: he okay so part of it is i have tried to purchase costumes for him mm-hmm. um like you know sweaters and things for christmas and I've gotten like the biggest size they make and that dog, it doesn't fit on him. It doesn't fit on him. No, no. It, it just, he's just busting out. Yeah. (laughs) And he doesn't do hats very well. I've tried. Basically. I, I have little dog envy because little dogs, you know, they seem so chill with the costumes and everything. So
0: they just take it. Hey, they just take it. They're just fine. They just put on the
1: costumes, but (laughs) he is not a costume guy.
2: And what about you, daddy? I hear you have a cat called Maggie. Yes, Maggie. She is not a costume gal. Let me tell you, but we have the opposite problem. So most, she's kind of tiny. She's a smallish, she's full grown. She's two years old, but we actually, so this year I tried to dress her up. Um, I was Princess Leia. My husband was Han Solo and she was going to be Baby Yoda. And (laughs) we ordered this like extra small Baby Yoda like hood costume that just like completely fell over her eyes she wouldn't she wouldn't even move with it on like all she would do was back up and as soon as we like like if she couldn't see she was blindfolded um so anyways that costume didn't work I ended up making her like some ears out of pipe cleaners which kept on for about two seconds but not a fan not a fan either
1: That's adorable, (laughs) but I don't really think of cats as tolerating costumes. Like, yeah, no, 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 (laughs) no. they have a mind of their own. That is for sure. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Kudos for trying that one.
1: Now, now you have an extra baby Yoda costume for, you know, if you have any small dogs in the neighborhood.
2: Right. Yes. (laughs) If anyone needs one, let me know. <laughs> haven't returned it to the Amazon drop off box yet. So. <laughs> Up for grabs. Amazing.
0: Um, okay, so Sarah, I want to ask you this first because, you know, last week when um, while you were gone, <laughs> I just got, I just treated it like an open mic and, and went on a 12 minute rant about like some of the bullshit that some coaches had told me about fueling in the past or just some of the like, I don't know, shitty messaging that. I had to overcome, especially as like someone who like, I I definitely um, went through, we've talked about this before. Like I went through that process of a teen as a teenager of like seriously controlling my calories in a way that would definitely be considered disordered eating, you know? And then as an athlete, like, I feel like that was, that kind of thinking was part of the reason I took up endurance sport, part of it, you know, not all of it. Um, But I was just wondering if you had like. Stories or thoughts about that, um in terms of like how you or messages you've had from coaches um in the past,
1: yeah, i mean i I still hear it from coaches, uh not my coach, thankfully, because he's smart uh, and tuned in, but the try to be as light as you can without breaking like that's basically the mindset. And it is so wrong and it's so messed up. Um, because yeah, that's not high performance. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be strong. You have to be able to fuel yourself. Uh, yeah, there were definitely years where I really didn't menstruate on a regular schedule. Um, I had coaches trying to like, cause I'm, I'm a bigger athlete. Like I, I've, had way too many coaches just tell me if I lost, you know, five pounds, whatever, uh, then I would be so much better of an athlete. Uh, but then wasn't given the tools to be able to do it properly and where they came up with that number. It's totally arbitrary, totally
0: totally arbitrary, arbitrary. like, The one, the one thing, oh, I, I didn't tell, I, I, if I didn't sit down and write a complete list of all the shitty things people have said to me, but I, actually I remember on that vein, um, the on the arbitrary five pounds vein, being told that I would be, that I was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Talented, that I was talented and knowing that what that person was thinking was that if I just lost weight, I yeah. would go faster. Oh, imagine she can do that when she's that weight. So therefore- No,
1: I, I have heard that most of my career.
0: Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So another very arbitrary test, which Ben and I still laugh about, uh, because we were together when I was working with this coach is that if the, this coach called it like the finger test. So if you put your finger in your belly button and like, it goes up to like the first knuckle or something like that, then you need to lose. I mean, it was so stupid, but <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I
0: mean, and and honestly, I can't, the layers of stupid, like not just the, co- <laughs> but like, but actually the fact that like a belly button, it's not like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the same thing on every, like it's literally something that's like created by a doctor in an arbitrary way when you're like. So what if people- it's an Audi, like
2: then <laughs> one
1: <laughs> exactly like, you, basically you should you shouldn't like you should be able to see some of your fingernail that's that was what this coach was but this coach also uh thought that i needed to lose muscle so ha- uh wanted me to take out basically all the protein from my diet Thought I needed to lose fat. So I also had a lot of fat restriction. And then uh like we did a lot of fasted rides and stuff. So I wasn't taking in calories. I mean, I'm very stubborn and I did not listen to his nonsense after like all of my hair and nails started mm-hmm. breaking and falling out for a few months, and I got a fractured sacrum. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So like that lasted a few months before I'm like this is really dumb. Um mm-hmm. and I kept on getting sick. But yeah, there's there's so much messed up stuff that goes on in mm-hmm. endurance sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thankfully have only had a couple of coaches who're really saying the wrong thing and I'm was stubborn enough to not listen to them. But also in part because I was older. I think if I'd been a younger athlete, um hearing some of the things I would have definitely taking them on board. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Danny, how did you get into triathlon? Um, yeah, at a later age, actually. So I think, um, being older has helped a little bit with, you know, knowing just like basic facts and not being too, you know, drawn off or pulled off course. But I, um, I never, I, I was a runner actually, um, through college, I didn't run for a collegiate team, but I just picked it up after, after high school, I was like, well, I'm not playing sports anymore. I better just like start doing something. So I started running and found found that I really loved it. Um, And then started running more competitively um, once I was out of grad school and had more time to train is what I told myself. Um, I was like, yes, now I have a chance to like train for the marathon. I was stoked. Um, And then um, well, got my first stress fracture and got a few more, and eventually I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do if I can't run? I can bike, I can swim, and um, started to do those quite a bit. Um, and then fell in love with those. I actually had a coach um, that I hired for running, and I was like, fine, um, you know, give me some bike and swim workouts, but I'm only doing it because I can't run and Um, He was a triathlon coach, though, also, and actually more primarily than just a run coach. And it was very sneaky, but kind of snuck in the bike and swim workouts. And then I just fell in love with with that, too. I was like, wait, this is like three times as good. Like, you know, it's three sports. So
1: I I always joke to people I'm going to try to make them a triathlete. But respect to that coach for actually doing it. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, you're a runner. You know, there's this thing called trap on come on come on over to the dark side yeah, so we yeah. got you
2: <laughs> they did they did despite their, their despite yeah my best efforts of like no no i'm just doing it because i can't run right and i'm like i see those arrow helmets they are not cool looking <laughs> i was like i want to a part of
0: it but here i am yeah nice and i read somewhere that through your sporting career you've had 10 stress fractures. Yes, it's
2: crazy. Yes, and 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 more stress reactions. Actually, a couple more that weren't full fractures. So, um, yeah, since two thousand um, ten, I think was my first one. I've had at least one or two injuries a year. Um, two thousand twenty, I didn't have I, I didn't have any injury was the one year, and I think it was just no racing. There wasn't that high you know, intensity of training, but I still haven't been able to replicate it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I've gone through my fair share.
1: So frustrating. So frustrating. So and frustrating. I'm, I'm guessing after the first one or two, did you get DEXA scans for bone mm-hmm. density? And yeah. what did those tell you anything?
2: Yeah, I uh, found out that I had low bone density. So I have osteopenia, which um, actually initially I, I was almost on the osteoporosis, I almost met that um, criteria for diagnosis, which was very scary. Um, I'm still worried about my bones, you know, when I'm 80, 85, like these are things I think about, they keep me up at night, but um, I've been able to improve that. So get it back up a few points um, on the scale. Still, I have low bone density though. And um, I just don't, I mean, at this point too, and they say, you know, once you're 30, there's not a lot of, building you can do, but I was able to build a little bit. Um, But I just think with, so backing up a little bit, I struggled with, with food and not eating enough in college and in my twenties. And I think I just did so much damage. There's only like so much I can get back, um, which has been super frustrating, especially in the last year where I feel like things have really started to come around with my body and everything else. And it's like, I, I, still have gotten hurt this year. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. When That's, did
0: you start to put the pieces together between like the under fueling part and the stress fractures and injuries?
2: It took a little, it took a little bit for it to sink in on my own behalf. I think um, after like the third one, I got the bone scan. It wasn't even after the first one or two. Um, and then it was starting to, they were telling, you know, like the doctors were like, listen, like this can be as a result of underfueling. And um, this is something that we have to reverse. And, but it was probably something that is going on now and from your past. Um, yeah. So it, it's been 100% the biggest motivator for me to take care of my body because as someone who loves to, to run and just be, and I mean, I love to bike and swim too, of course, but running is always what's taken away from me. And I think, unfortunately, it's like made me love the sport even more, I think, because it's something that it's so precious when I'm able to come, you know, when I'm able to be healthy and fully trained that it's so, um, I don't know. It just makes me appreciate it it that much more. So inter- it's interesting how like underfueling shows up
0: Differently in different people, you know. Like I'm imagining something like a stress fracture. Like you, there's probably has to be kind of like a long term of underfueling that, like it's just like eking away at your bones. Whereas, like for me, for example, I, um, like my hormones go wacky pretty quick if I'm not eating enough. I don't know, Sarah. Have you had times too when like you have signs mm-hmm. of not eating enough? Uh,
1: the the big thing uh, is like obviously hormonally, um, I'll notice sleep patterns change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you, you're amenorrheic, um, that is always kind of a sign that, uh, Oh God, things are a little out of whack. Um, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Danny, that, that part of uh, red ass, did you, did you notice that through college and beyond?
2: Yeah. So I, um, was, um, birth control through high school, because I got bad cramps, bad cramps, like, I was kind of painful. And they're like, well, go on birth control, easy fix. Um, and was on that, like through college while I, even while I was struggling, so always had a cycle. Um, but then I came off of birth control, because I was like, why am I on this? Like, this seems really silly. Um, I'm ready to be done with it. And when I came off of it, in in like 2000 eight, even I think it was before my first, um, bone stress injury. Um, I I never got my cycle back. Um, and the, like I was saying before, like this last year has been frustrating because my cycle finally came back this January. So it's been over like, how many years is that? I was at the point where like, it's never coming back. Like I'm like a lost cause, (laughs) but I like, I mean, tears, tears and tears that it just came back kind of spontaneously. I feel like my feeling has improved and has been better for the last couple of years at least. Um, but I think it just took my body that long to like, trust me again to like, oh, now it's been okay. Three years of you, like being, you know, like staying on top of things. Okay. Now we can start to like, you know, function properly, um, it still hasn't been super regular even, but, um, it's getting there, I think. And I am like, I I tell my husband, he's always like, can we stop talking about periods? And I'm like, no, we can't. (laughs) I'm like, I will (laughs) never not be so excited. You know, like that is like one of the big, like one of my biggest accomplishments I kind of feel like, because it was really like so long, like over 10 years. Um, and, and, and just like, such a such an important marker and now something I can use um to really know because prior to that it's like I don't know like what you know there's not like really objective there's like sometimes these symptoms of red s but you know I'm, I'm training a lot anyways maybe I'm just tired like it's hard to to put um to define it really clearly but this is like such a good objective marker that I think is great so everyone be happy that you have your period when you have yeah. it because it's great My bones are just like getting so much stronger. I can feel it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do. I remember it being considered like somewhat normal, like that you, like that you wouldn't have a period. You know, I never lost my period, but I remember someone saying, "Oh, like if you didn't lose your period, you weren't training hard enough." Like, Mm -hmm. like someone I was training with. So strange, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm.
1: I'm. I'm so glad we're now reframing it as here's a really clear sign that you're doing things right as a young female Mm -hmm. athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have, this is an advantage that, you know, male athletes don't have, like they don't have that clear marker that your hormones are, Mm, you know, Mm -hmm. in sync right now. Yeah. 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 How
0: did you, Danny, how did you approach sort of making sure that you fuel properly? Like how did that or that like trying to get your period back phase? How do you approach that?
2: It was a very slow evolution, honestly. Um, I think just with my history, like struggling in college and even into my later 20s, early mid 20s, there's always this voice in my head that, you know, is telling me that's too much. You don't need that or whatever it is. Um, so there's always this tendency for me to kind of err on not eating enough. Um, I think the first thing was to be aware of that. First of all, um, that that's like a bias that I have. And when I hear that voice, I'm like, okay, well, thank you, but I'm going to move on now. But I also think like just being educated on what my needs actually were, um, was super important. I think going from running to triathlon, was a big increase in training hours. And initially, I did honestly, it never even crossed my mind that like, oh, I need to be eating more because I'm doing, you know, like how many more hours of activity. It wasn't even like on my radar um, until I, you know, like I started reaching out um, to a couple, I worked with a couple of sports dietitians in particular, and they were like, okay, well, how many hours a week are you training? Okay. We need to fuel that activity. So like just being just like basic education, I was like, oh yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense and explains. I think what the big thing for me too, was I was so hungry all the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't like or get home and just want to eat like the entire refrigerator. And And sometimes would. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Right. then I was like, I think I just need more food. Like that's it. Um, And like, and it wasn't. Yeah. So I think just like, I didn't want to feel like that. Right. Like I felt like I was like, it's miserable feeling super hungry. And then like, you know, and then like overcompensating at times and things were all out of whack. And I was like, I really got to get this dialed in. Um, and when I started competing to at a higher level, I was like, I know nutrition is super important to keep me, to help me perform better. And part of that is to keep me injury free, right? Like, I'm like, I can't, like, it's so hard to be, have some consistent training for me that I'm like, that's a huge priority because I'm like, oh, if I could, if I could just be a little more consistent, how much better would I be able to perform, um, So it's, it was a slow evolution. Sorry, that was a really long story, but, um, it took a couple of years for me to really like dial in, um, what to figure out like what I needed and then to actually be able to do it. And it's still a work in progress. Um, so I work with a team at Fuelin, um, and they've been, I think that platform is just super helpful because it's so personalized to what you're doing. So it's not like a broad recommendation of like, oh, I think, you might need this much. Like it actually syncs with your training, like specifically. Um, so there's a really clear understanding of what's needed to fuel that. So it's been super helpful to work with them because I feel like it's, it's so personalized. That, um, it really helps me trust that too. And I'm like, this is, you know, legit. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I definitely feel like even um, when I was training, it was like appetite, my appetite could not be trusted. Mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like it would be so muted or blunted, like you said, and then like at other times you feel like yeah. devouring the whole refrigerator or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know, Sarah, how do you stay on top of that stuff?
1: I, uh, you know, it's at this point, so much of it's just patterning. Um, I mean, I, like you said, I, I don't trust my hunger cues. I just think about trying to fuel um, and having a rough understanding of what I need fueling wise. Yeah. Cause yeah, like you finish a hard run workout. The last thing you want to do is taking calories, but that's precisely when you need to do it. <laughs> so, so much is just, I've gotten it in my head, like, okay, you know, this is when I need to eat. This is roughly how much, and you sometimes you're over and sometimes you're under. But like if over the course of the day you take in enough calories, then it works out all right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm definitely not chronically underfueled, which is something that for periods of my my career I have been. Mm-hmm. Uh and that actually, you know, like, yeah, you just are all over the place. <laughs>
2: yeah. I felt like my emotions were all over the yeah. place too. Like yep. I cannot tell you the difference that it's made just with like my overall, like I can concentrate so much better. I can have, you know, like I have relationships outside of like my training and whatever, you know, like I was so it, like, your focus is so narrowed, I think just because there's only so much energy to go around. So yeah. Yeah. I can remember doing the
0: fasted training sessions, you know, like Sarah, what you just mm-hmm. talked about there. And I remember um actually my my we were at a training camp in Switzerland. My partner at the time, like he we had done this ride that was like, it wasn't fasted, but it was like supposed to be a non-carbohydrate ride. So remember we took like we would eat like dried fish, <laughs> like I don't know what, nuts, get a little baggy. Yeah. Like going up like a Swiss mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't make this shit up. And then anyway, we'd, we would get, one time we got, we were so hungry. We got, and we got so cold on the way down. Cause of course you're like, your body's not functioning properly. Right. And um, he was like an, a firefighter, an EMT by like that was his profession. Um, anyway, we came, we came down the mountain. We were both shivering. I felt like it was, I almost felt like it was dangerous because my arm was like shivering right off of the handlebar. <laughs> You'll never forget this ride. And we got back and um, our coach wanted to tell us that we couldn't have been, oh no, we were saying we needed food. And I remember him just going, <laughs> him just going into the bed with the covers and buying this like, you know, like in different countries, sometimes they have like weird treats that would weird to us that like we're not used to. They were these weird like peanut puff things. Like, imagine a cross between like a Cheeto and a pe- and peanut butter. <laughs> like, and he took this giant bag of these like peanut puff things. and was hiding under the covers, and the coach is arguing. He's having his fight, like this full out like argument with the coach about the fact that like about him, the fact that we needed extra calories because we were cold. Right? Because we were shivering. And the coach yeah. is like, no, you don't. No, you don't. He's like, he's like I'm a fucking paramedic. You do.
2: <laughs> if like, you're shivering, you do.
0: It was like, it was just this epic, like between the fight and him hiding in it. And I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like, anyway, so you're talking about emotions being all over the place. But oh, yeah. yeah. That was like, that was epic. I'll never forget
1: that. <laughs> I'm way less grumpy uh, when I am eating. That's. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but like even just, you can, you can devote so much more brain power to other things when you're not thinking about food. Um, Mm -hmm. it just, yeah, it's better for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Even for me now, like when I, you know, now I work out once per day, it's typically either CrossFit or a run. Although I have thrown the odds swim in lately, it's just crazy. But one of the things that I like about, but at the beginning, what I liked was like I don't have to think about food. I don't have to think about not. I don't. I don't have to think about fueling because I'm only working out once a day. Well, I've realized, especially now that I'm perimenopause and my hormones are like a little bit all over the place anyway, actually (laughs) I I can't get away with it anymore, you know? So I actually do now take, even for my one, because it's often quite an intense workout, right? So, so now I do like often have like a protein, carb protein shake, like in a shaker with me just in case, like sometimes I don't use it, but it's like, it's just ending up under fueled. Could could have like a knock on effect for my whole day, right? Oh you yeah. Know, avoid that three PM three PM slump. Yeah. Like, let alone like the long term things that we've been talking about. You know, just to, just for my day.
1: Uh, Danny, you mentioned that your your relationship with with food kind of start was a bit rocky starting in in college. Was that uh, related to sport or kind of outside of it or like a. a- different factors yeah
2: outside of sport i think um which and i'm so lucky i didn't have any coaches that said any stupid stuff like that like
1: (laughs) the fingernail test
2: (laughs) yeah gosh i've been super i mean i've been super and i think too like from my like where i come from it's usually like my coaches like you gotta eat more like we gotta get out you know um so thankfully i've had people really smart that can recognize that that fueling is super important it's gonna it's only gonna help um, no, I think, um, sport kind of came along, which it was a tricky time to be honest, because, um, I kind of found running during that time, which I, Sarah, you said at the beginning, like it was kind of like me, probably part of it, part of the motivation. And then, um, to even like, like there was always this, like, oh, I should be exercising because that's good. Right. Like, and then I, um, it evolved into so much more, right? Like, um, and in fact, I always say like triathlon and sport actually saved me in a lot of ways because I was struggling. Um, and then that was such a motivator to be able to continue to do these things. And the only way that you can continue to do these things is if you're taking care of your body, there, there's no way that I would have been able to do anything. Let I mean, like compete at a high level or let alone or even just like compete at all. If I continued um fueling so much, right. Like I was getting hurt, like hurt, 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 getting sick, getting, you know, like nothing was like, I just couldn't, it, it didn't work. It just didn't work. My body was like, Mm-mm, we're not expending any extra work. So um, yeah. So it wasn't a piece of it originally, but it was really hard. Like I said, even for um, like, my family and my, the people that supported me at the time when I started to be, you know, like become more serious into sport and even doctors who knew I had this low bone density were like, do you really think that running is a good idea? And I'm like, yes, actually, I do think it is a very good idea because it has made like that, it provided so much more and, um, for me and actually provided the motivation for me to, to to really turn things around. So I'm, I'm super thankful that it
1: it can, it, it can really change how people view their bodies. Um, you know, once you start seeing it as something that mm-hmm. needs to function properly, uh, instead of like focusing on the way it looks, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it totally reframes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's really, it's an interesting conversation. Like I have one of my best friends um, has been hospitalized a couple of times for, for she's anorexic and um, she fought that fight. Like what you're describing, Danny, like at the hospital about going swimming, like she was a swimmer in college, you know, division one swimmer. And she was like, no, this is good for my mental health. Mm -hmm. It's good for my physical health. Like that exercise addiction or however they frame it, you know, was you know so everyone else in the program that she was in you like they were not allowed to exercise (laughs) and it's like and she's just like she's a mental health nurse herself so she's like no so she sort of had to like I'm checking myself out and I'm going swimming you know um and I'm coming back with an appetite and I will eat you know and we can fit this into my um you know I, I guess the food plan. However, it's, it all just sounds a little bit like, oh, really? That's the approach. But anyway, um yeah, I just it it's and we hear that time and time again, like on on the Girls Gone Gravel podcast as well. We heard that story of like the fact the way that sport actually can make us like what Sarah just said, like feel better about our bodies I definitely like lifting for me has changed my relationship with my body as well like actually learning to do proper Olympic lifts and like I feel like I feel my muscles and I feel connected to my body and I just like I I had I had already come quite a long way in loving my body and it took me from like a an 80 or 90 to 100 kind of thing um, yeah,
2: yeah just I, the re- yeah the respect that you have for your body like wow it can do really amazing things And and it has nothing to do with what it looks like. Yeah, it's just a really good lesson to learn.
0: Yeah, Danny, what do you recommend for others like yourself, like who might be struggling or might struggle to actually fuel well or
2: or eat enough? How do you, how do you, what do you recommend for them? Um, Great question. I think what's been super helpful for me, probably two things. One, talk about it it's so hard to talk about. I feel like there's this stigma attached to, to it. And, and also this fear that like, oh, if you talk about it, you're going to be known as like the girl who has a problem with eating or food, like doesn't exactly what I want to be known for. Right. But it's super helpful to talk to people, especially who've gone through it and come out on the other side, just so you know, you're not alone. Cause I think a lot of times it's like, you know, all these thoughts in your own head. And it's, um, it just is magnified if you don't have like an outlet or have, or have someone else to, to say like, Oh yeah, I totally get that. You know, like, here's what I've done. Even if they haven't gone through it, even just having someone to talk to is super helpful. Um, my other recommendation is to just try eating more. (laughs) This is, it sounds really basic, but I had, you know, at one point I'm like, What if I just try it? Like if it if I don't like it, if I like blow up and gain five million pounds or whatever, it's like I can always come back. Like I can always go back to what I was doing. Right. But it's like, what if, you know, like just making and then once I made like these little changes, I was like, well, this is way better. (laughs) Like there is no going back now. Like I think even what you were saying about emotions and like I, I feel like I like wasn't even myself when I was really struggling. Um, and then it was like, oh, there's so much more to life. Right. So mm-hmm. I think just trying it with, with the caveat, like if you hate it, okay, fine. Then go back to not eating enough. Right. Or go back to what you're doing. That's always an option mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like nothing is permanent. So it's a good way to look at it and kind of just break it up into like, what, what am I going to do maybe just for like a couple of weeks. But I think then you'll get a taste of the benefits and, and they are, you know, like pretty significant. Yeah. Sarah, what about you? Do you have advice?
1: Oh, I, I think, you know, Jenny said it really well. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Thank you. I, it, these are, these are not easy things to talk about. It's pretty, it's pretty common in sport. It's common obviously outside of sport, but we notice it more. Um, because we're trying to use our bodies in a very different way and things like injuries do pop up. Um, you know, I think we are, I am really grateful that we have the ability to see like, this is, this is when our bodies are working the way they're supposed to, um, you know, like food is such an important part of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just grateful for sport because I know there are a lot of, uh, people who really don't have the opportunity to, to make that connection. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to you, Danny, for sharing your story. I know it's not easy to talk about.
2: Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it. I think even if one person hears it and maybe gets like one little kernel of motivation to do something different, if they're having trouble, then it's worth it to me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, let's take a little break then and come back and talk about why we rock. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, Hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products and we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process so you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code ironwomen15 at orca.com. That's ironwomen, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, ironwomen1515 at orca.com. As a former Pro Triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore. One of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The amino perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts What's even better is that amino perform was created by former Harvard professor and world renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf as a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed sixty two marathons in under two thirty whoa, (laughs) and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash RIDING. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash RIDING. Okay, per usual, Sarah. I'm totally underprepared, and I don't, I don't oh. know what I'm going to say.
2: Do you, <laughs> Danny, do you know why you rock? So I'm. It kind of piggybacks on what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. I think for me today, at least, I rock because I've had the. I just because I have the courage to talk about tough issues.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
2: it's hard, but. Um, I'm just proud of myself for for sharing my story. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Uh, why do I rock? I rock because oh, jeez. Uh, I am managing to hold it all together right now, even though things are kind of chaotic and crazy. Yeah. You. I. I don't think I realized how tenuous like the balance of everything I was trying to do was until. We all got very sick last week, <laughs> and then, yeah, but other than small hiccups, I'm holding it together really well, and I'm not stressed, which is crazy.
0: Hmm. I love that, um, Sarah, coming out of Kona, how much are you training right now?
1: uh like twenty five hours this week
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's still going, people. <laughs>
1: Like, seriously, I,
0: I keep telling your story because it's like, it's like you have a, well, he's over one now, but you still have a young child. You like went to the Ironman World Championships. You're still training. You're doing a PhD program. Like, I just don't know how
1: anyone sits beside you in class <laughs> and, and feels. I was told I was an overachiever yesterday at class. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, just, I'm just me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing you do rock. And I just,
0: I, I haven't thought of a reason why I rock yet.
1: <laughs> so now I'm just like filling space. No, um, normally, Sarah, her default is she is a badass bitch at work, like getting shit done. I rock because I'm a boss. It's always because she's the same. a boss. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay. I, I, oh man. Okay. I think I'm going to like pass this like a little bit. Like I, I, this, these last few weeks. Okay. I rock because we had, it it is, it's the same thing. I rock because I'm a boss, but like the, we had a lot of changes this year in our business, you know? And now like, I feel like the team that we have got, there's seven of us that are full-time on my team and we've like, just like solidified, you know? And like, I don't want to like touch wood, of course, like, but you know, we're just, we're kind of rocking a little bit. Like even with this field is fast campaign, like just as time goes on, like the communication gets better. The, in the Slack channel, we're like, we're like whipping out the content, getting the shit done. And like, and as things get faster, you can handle more too, you know? So I feel like we've just sort of become this nice, you know, and there'll be another challenge is going to come, especially now that I've said this. Um, But I just, I am feeling really good about my team um, right now and about, us all being bosses, I guess. So you're
1: flowing. You're cohesive flowing. little we, unit. We are. Everybody yeah. knows what their job is. They're getting it done. I love it. I love it.
0: What's funny to me is, like, I keep you know, this has been you know, it's been a decent challenge for me to go from like solopreneur to team of seven, right? Like, how do people do it with big businesses? Like, imagine having like <laughs> hundreds or thousands of employees, like, <laughs> like brain doesn't compute. But um, I don't have to worry about that quite yet. You would
1: have to delegate. I know you've gotten better yeah. about it over, you know, the I past have. couple of years, but There'd definite delegation,
0: Serious serious delegation. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing.
2: Well, thank you so much, Danny. It's been so fun talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much, Danny, for coming on to the podcast. And I hope everybody checks out the series that Sarah's putting together. What's the name of the series again?
0: Fueled is fast, so it's been out on our. So what we did is on on almost all the feisty podcasts, and sometimes too, over the last two weeks, we've had a topic around proper fueling. So on some, you know, on some we have personal stories of people struggling with eating disorders, but we also have experts about how to fuel as an athlete on, on the various podcasts um, across all of our podcasts. <laughs> I'm trying to look at a different word, but it's fun. and then we also did like a. A we've we have two three three or four different written pieces of content like blogs coming out on the top that have come out on the topic and then we we had a partnership with with the Faster program with from Stanford and so we um were able to take some of their quality information and put it on our social media in addition to all the fun reels that um we've been making in the office just um they're less informative and more. Um, us being humorous about needing to eat properly, so and that has been our campaign. It's been so fun.
1: So fueled is fast. It's healthy, and it keeps you from pounding Swiss peanut butter puffs in bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to another episode of If We Were Writing. Thank you, Jenny, for joining us, and keep fueled, have fun, and stay away from the peanut butter puffs. Awesome. None of you people can
2: tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we reaching the
1: top we reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top